Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that changed everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible, and ultimately push them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of What Makes Them Tip, Entrepreneurial Innovations That Changed Everything. I'm your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Todd Wolfenberg. He's the CEO of Yoga International. He is very passionate about entrepreneurship and uh, social ventures. He's been involved with a lot of nonprofits and the wellness and meditation space. And when not working, he loves to travel and explore. He's big into the outdoors and seeing the world. Todd, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Timothy. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, it's it's an honor to have you. I'm excited to talk to you about your company. We're going to dive into uh, how your company approaches the market, the tipping point of your company. But you said one of the most interesting things about Yoga International is just the unique way that it started. So tell tell us about that. Yeah, so let me let me let me give you a little bit of the story of of how Yoga International sort of came to be. It actually, started as a as a print magazine back in the early '90s and uh, had a had a What's following. What's a print magazine? Yeah, what's a print magazine, right? Like, you know, the things you actually had to go to the grocery store and pick up on the newsstand and check out. Um, and we printed printed six issues uh, a year, um, uh, about 100,000 uh, issues uh, that went into circulation. Uh, but it really difficult um, to grow. It was started by a, a nonprofit organization here in Northeast Pennsylvania. Uh, I got involved in the, in the mid-2000s, so it already been around for, for 10 plus years at that point. Uh, and, and operating that nonprofit. And we, you know, we hit a lot of roadblocks with kind of growing uh, the print magazine. Uh, it, it, you know, was expensive to print, really difficult, even if you had phenomenally great content, really difficult to get it out into people's hands. And so- we, Why was that so hard? Well, you know, you have to, the, the traditional print magazine model is to get tons of copies out there and make money off of ads, right? Like that's the- that's the model that typically is, is used in that. But you have to have the investment to print all of those copies and get the distribution. Then you get the ads. So there's usually a very front-loaded sort of investment that has to be made into the business to make that work. Yeah. So as a nonprofit, we didn't have that. So that, that path was not an option for us. So we were very sort of stagnant. At, you know, we printed 100,000 kind of every issue. It really wasn't growing. We do a little better some issues on newsstands, a little worse on, on newsstands, some other issues. Um, but the quality of the content was really great. And so, uh, you know, we went through all of the sort of common pathways to make a print magazine more efficient. We switched to quarterly, uh, cut back on issues. We were still, uh, we were still losing about 50,000 an issue, um, a negative. So we're like, how the heck do we make this thing sustainable? And we made, you know, in 2013, we made a really big leap into the digital space. We said, we're going to just stop printing print magazines, and we're going to go all digital. And for a nonprofit, for an organization that had been printing magazines for 20 years at that point, that was a scary kind of concept, right? There was a lot of internal buy-in. Uh, and then, you know, the, the first number of months were really 
um, uncertain, right? Um, there's, there, you know, you start getting, uh, we, uh, you know, made the announcement. You start getting hate mail from people that had subscribed for 10 years, 20 years, uh, tell you that you're screwing up the brand and the mission and you can't do things in digital and, and, and all that kind of you know, fun stuff. So that 2013, year, 2013, 2013, you're getting that kind of hate in 2013, that kind of hate. Yeah. So like real traditional, like dedicated, like, you know, people that were like, and, and, and I felt like we were late, right? Like I'm like 2013, geez, we should have done this eight years ago. Right. <laughs> and yeah. Um, and, and, and yet at the same time, like, you know, as we look back on it, I feel like it's like, it was obviously the, the right time to do it. And so, um, so yeah, we, we, we kind of dove in head first, reinvented, you know, re really reinvented the entire concept of what the business would look like. You know, we, we, we no longer thought of ourselves as a magazine anymore, which I think was a really big mental yes. kind of leap for a lot of people. Um, yes. it's not just a digital, digital equivalent of what a, what a print magazine was even at that point. Okay. So tell me about that pivot that happened in 2013. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we, we start to, we start to get a little bit of traction, right? Like uh, the really interesting thing there was we had high quality content. So we started to put that out on social. We started to generate more of our own audio video content. Think about mixed media started to get some kind of success around that. See, start, you know, see, see our engagement start to increase in the way that we hoped would be possible, right? Like in the yeah. digital space, you don't have the same barriers. Like if you have good quality content, it can reach everybody. You don't have to pay to get it in front of people, especially especially back in 2013. Um, and and that you know we started to started to feel a little bit positive about that. And then um, we got uh, a major sort of competitor, uh, like a 300 pound gorilla in this space, sent us a sent us a threat of a lawsuit. Uh, uh, oh, geez. In, in, in the middle in month four, and so. And we're like, what the, you know, like, what, what is this? So uh, that kind of put a big wrench in our, uh, you know, in our, in our positive momentum. Uh, and it, it turned out at the, at the end, it ended up really being quite a bit of a blessing in disguise. Um, How this so? Other, this other, this other major company um, threatened litigation around a patent that they were saying that we violated. Hmm. Um, and uh, they- How much can you tell me? The, the the pattern really centered around um, uh, the uh, the camera angles and the setup of their of their yoga space, and they said that our our camera angles were in violation of their pending patent. Right, you can so, patent camera angles. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing, right? So we, um, uh, you know, we of course not being patent experts, scratched our heads a little bit. This you know this this hugely thick document that we got and. Um, you know, once we dove into it a little bit, our, our, our jaws just sort of dropped and we were like, what, like, what is this? We think about like a camera angle being patentable, you know, the, the, the film industry, Steven Spielberg can't patent camera angles and George Lucas can't patent, patent camera angles. How in the world is a yoga company even attempting to do this? So we, um, you know, we thought about this a lot internally and like, what do we do? How do we respond? It's a pending patent at that point. Uh, we had a brief conversation with this organization. And uh, after a lot of internal sort of deliberation on this, we decided to, to we write articles regularly. Uh, part of our strategy is, not, is video content, but a big part of our strategy, uh, you know, from the print magazine days and then we've carried forward is also written content. So we decided to publish a story on it. And um, it, 
you know, we, uh, a lot of debate about whether or not people will really care. Like, you know, this is highly technical in nature. Um, you know, are, are people really going like, to care about this at the end of the day? So I, I remember really vividly the day that we published it because uh, I think we had published at nine o'clock in the morning, put it out to our social channels. Um, and we did it anonymously. We didn't name the company that was, uh, that was, that was attempting this patent. And uh, by 10 o'clock uh, in the morning, an hour later, uh, one, of our, one of our readers had figured out, reverse engineered what the patent was, linked to it, and named the company in the, in, in, in the comments of our article. Um, and, and then by 11 o'clock, the company called us and was super pissed off that, that we had published an article about this. Uh, and by, by, by two o'clock, our servers crashed because there was so much traffic on the site, we, we couldn't handle it. It got into you know, different uh, Reddit and all sorts of places. Oh, so I love that so much. Totally just blew up all over the place. Um, uh, lots of bloggers were writing about it. And then by the end of the day, we were getting calls from patent attorneys saying, hey, like this is complete BS, like let us help you out on this. So um, really like, you know, uh, was, was a really kind of interesting pivotal point for us. Um, in that, um, it, what, what, was, what was really interesting is that it wasn't just this sort of singular day. It was also very fascinating how this other company responded to it. They're a much bigger company at this point. I mean, we had essentially zero revenue, uh, digital revenue at that point. Um, and getting attacked by this, you know, this, this large company that had been around for five or six years. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and they um, came out, I think, the next day with a, um, with a statement um, that, uh, that, you know, I, I'm thinking, okay, like, you know, they, they got some kind of bad press out of this. Maybe they got some bad advice. They're just going to back off this thing and kind of, you know, let it go. No, they took the exact opposite approach. They dug in, uh, uh, wrote a smear story about us saying that we were, you know, slandering them, uh, went on and on, right? So, um, so you know, uh, so- How long did this drag on for? Turns out it dragged on for quite a while. They um, they got a ton of bad press from that. They posted another article trying to clarify their position a couple of days later, which made things even worse. And in fact, some of their customers were actually in the patent world and said like, no, this is complete crap. Um, and then it kind of slowed down and there wasn't too much. A couple months later, um, the patent office actually granted the patent, um, mm. which was shocking in the space. Like people started freaking out about it because the implications are pretty obvious. Like if so, they can- So then own... did you pivot your whole business into uh, pat patenting camera angles? Well, that, we, we, <laughs> no, we, but we did, we, we did write a story about that, right? It was like, well, okay, like if they're going to patent this camera angle, do we have to like patent our own? Because otherwise what's left, right? Like, like we're going to run out of options at some point. Like it was crazy, crazy, crazy. So that second, you know, that when they actually got the patent uh, three or four months later, there was a whole nother batch of press. And the press, of course, was favorable to us and not so favorable to them. Uh, and this went on for a full year uh, of, of them sort of combating um, negative I, press. And us Todd, I, have to, press. I have to ask this question. What was the camera angle that was getting all of this press? Like, what were, what, how were you shooting? <laughs> It was the most obvious that, and this was, this was what really riled people up. It was the most obvious way, right? You set up a yoga class like you would, and you make an aisle down the middle so that you can see the teacher. That was it. Like it was very, very vanilla, very generic. And so, you know, we're just, we're, we're just scratching our heads. Like, why are these guys even like, like, like continuing this? This is crazy because 
Like, first of all, I, you know, I don't think that this would hold up in a court of law. And second of all, what's their end game? Like, are they going to try to actually prevent people from filming their own yoga classes? Are they going to enforce this in some kind of way? Like very, very sort of confused, but it continued to come up again and again over, you know, quite a, you know, period of over a year um, in the, in the press. Um, and, and, you know, this really, it's really, you know, they continued to have to sort of defend themselves. And in that also had to keep sort of mentioning us because we were the sort of, um, uh, you know, the main kind of force on the other side of that. And we went from 40,000 Facebook followers when we launched the site in June of, of, of 2013 to half a million uh, a year later. Um, and and this, this was one of the things that helped us, but there was a number, you know, we also were publishing content and really, you know, uh, ramping up our content strategy so- also. So advice to other companies would be find a way to get in legal trouble with a giant that you want to compete with. Well, I think about this. Yeah. I mean, I literally think about this from a couple of perspectives, right? Like now with it, we're a bigger company, like be really careful on how you, how you deal with other folks, right? Like, you know, it could, the perception of the, you know, David Goliath type of thing can be yeah. really dramatic in the as it as it plays out in the marketplace. People want to root for the little guy, right? Um, yeah. and at that yeah. point, we we're still a nonprofit. Like there was a lot of positive um, things about the humanitarian work that we do and all of that. And then being this big corporate sort of force coming in on that looks the optics on that. Even if even if the patent was patentable, was really would really not have been too great. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think the takeaway is that, and th- the other takeaway is just to think about you know how you can spin different things in a direction that's favorable for you. In, in, in yeah, in whose idea was it? Whose idea was it to publish that first article as a response? Yeah, that was that one was mine. I was I was championing uh, championing the uh, uh, the cause to publish that, and we we just you know there was a lot of internal debate about whether uh, whether that was going to you know, yield a positive outcome, a negative outcome, could it get us in further legal trouble? God knows what. So yeah, um, I know, think we, were, we another, were just not afraid to tell that story. Yeah. I think, I think another reality about this is that it's not okay. You know, obviously the advice isn't go find a big giant that you can get into legal trouble with, but clearly you were a threat to them. Clearly you were, you were taking So what, what was the threat? Like what, in what ways were you, you taking business from them. And I, I never asked this question, but how does your business model work? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're, a, we're, a, we're a subscription revenue and, and they're a subscription revenue um, business, but I mean, we were so, the, the reality of it was that we were so small at that point. It was, we were dropping the bucket compared to kind of where they were at. So I, you know, I don't know if they had some other rationales for pursuing that, whether it was, they were trying to get some investment or, or God knows, maybe they just had, uh, some really poor legal advice. Very hard to say, um, but uh, but but yeah, there were certainly similar business models. We're both kind of going after online yoga, the online yoga space. Our article library is pretty huge, so you know that may have played somewhat into the the whole dynamic that you know we've got a a pretty big footprint kind of coming into the into the online space, and of course that part of it is not patentable. So. Um, hard, hard to say what the, what the real motivations are on the other side. And they never really were super clear about it, um, uh, about it either. So yeah, kind yeah. of you know, really interesting, but that did, that really did help us propel, uh, sort of in that, in that first year where we were just kind of getting our feet underneath ourselves. And we wanted to get, you know, we wanted to grow really big exposure. That first year was all about exposure. Admittedly, yeah. we had no idea 
back in 2013, like how to monetize that. We had, we had no idea, like zilch idea so about yoga like, classes was not in your mind as the way a uh, subscription to yoga was not in the, your mind as the way you're going to monetize that. No, we didn't, we didn't know. We didn't know the pathway. We didn't know how to connect it up. So, right. Like you get 500,000 Facebook followers. Like how do you, how do you start to actually drive meaningful numbers in subscriptions, right? Like connecting those dots, I think was the part that we were, uh, we didn't really have a great sense, you know, kind of sense for how to do. So we, you know, we worked really hard uh, in the, in the kind of follow-up period to that, the 2014, 2015 period, like how do we take the SEO value that we have from all these articles, all of the um, goodwill that we had, all of the sort of Facebook following and actually start to translate into that into meaningful dollars and cents. What was the big unlock there for you? What did you guys do? Uh, so we, uh, we created, actually at Focus, I think was the big unlock there. So as part of the nonprofit, it was hard because we had, not, we had um, humanitarian projects, we had some product lines, we had a bunch of other things. We, um, we, we sort of bifurcated the organization. We, we made Yoga International a separate organization so that we could focus on it full time. Uh, we took nine of us uh, initially um, to just focus on really, especially the first year, like how do we, how do we get to break even and how do we get above break even? And so, uh, and then and just getting really good advice, like talking to experts in different places on email marketing. Email marketing was huge for us because we didn't have a marketing budget. Um, so how do we nurture leads? How do we generate leads? How do we nurture leads at a low yeah. cost? So yeah. that was that in the early days, that was probably the first, like bigger, some of the bigger wins that we had. And then we, we started innovating in the space a little bit. We started to do some like digital yoga conferences and things like that. I love it. Okay, Todd, uh, last two questions for you is just, what do you hope listeners will get out of this episode and how can listeners connect with you? Yeah. So, um, we're on, uh, second part of it. We're on, um, we're on Instagram at yoga international and, um, on, on Facebook, same, I think we're why I mag on, um, at why I mag on Facebook. So definitely follow our, our social channels. I think, uh, I talked a lot about the business side of it. The other side of it is really about, um, how to use and, and something that we're super passionate at yoga international about how do we use yoga and meditation for performance um, improvements and creativity. Like that's, you know, that's really, especially with all this work from home stuff that everybody's doing something that we're passionate about, um, bringing to business folks, um, and, and organizations all around the world. So helping people move, helping people take little breaks throughout the day, little meditation breaks, um, can really be powerful in helping keep that creativity and that, and that energy up for pushing to the next levels of, of growth for your, for your organization and for your, uh, for your individual job. So, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a huge focus of what we, what we're looking at in, in growth areas at Yoga International. And we've been working with more and more organizations to bring tools, uh, to their, to their employees so that they can really, you know, just perform better at work, feel better, uh, in their body, uh, and have that, you know, mind body connection. So definitely, um, want to, want to make sure that we put that out there. Great. I love it. Todd, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you for listening to our show. What makes them tip innovations that changed everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arcalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. 
You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.